we've known since we first started talking about all of this longleaf breeze stuff that eventually chickens would be part of our plan. But now we're getting serious. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of March 29, 2012. We have been talking since we moved out here about having uh, laying hens. When we've talked, to, when you mentioned chickens, it's not just um, any old set of chickens. We certainly would. I, I think I'd like to have one rooster, but mostly eventually. Our, eventually, but our interest is in having hens and not raising these poor creatures for meat we want them to be our uh, as some people would say they're our pet their pets but uh but most importantly to provide us with eggs and we were just talking to a friend of ours this past week who's had chickens pretty much all his life i think he has about 15 of them and therefore lots of eggs and he does treat his as pets and really enjoys them they're completely free range they go out and um they somehow do manage to get, avoid getting out in the road He's been very fortunate that they haven't been preyed upon. Um, and he said they always come back to the roost at night. So it's it's encouraging to think about how easy he makes it sound anyway. That's right. He does make it sound easy indeed. Um, but now we're talking seriously about chickens. We um, had decided, I guess, fairly early in the process of building the lodge that chickens would be next up yeah. after we have completed the lodge. That's so right. Now I'm beginning to uh, envision how the chicken tractors would work and how we could design them and so forth, um, which is a lot of fun. We've had a good time oh, yeah, thinking be, about it and talking about it. And, it will be fun planning, and I do think we need to wait until the lodge is completed and sort of the landscaping and you know whatever we're going to do up there. Uh, heavy moving of earth. <laughs> um, and also, it's just a lot on our plate right now, trying to get our spring garden planted and dealing with the lodge. I don't think we can take on any new projects right now. So let's talk a little bit about why chickens are so interesting to you and to me. Well, I mentioned the eggs. That was one of the first... Uh, you got to uh, love the eggs. Yeah, and I do love eggs. And, and we've also talked about, um, since we're trying to be self-sufficient here, that if the time ever comes that we can't go out and buy our own meat, that the eggs would be an excellent source of protein. You bet. And in my uh, type 2 diabetes mode, I have cut way back on my carbohydrates. And one of the, the easiest, quickest ways for me to do that has been to do away with raisin bran that used to be my breakfast time staple and to substitute a scrambled egg instead. So I'm now eating eggs at a fairly steady clip. Yeah, and and they're good for you. The other thing that we've talked, we've learned from more than one uh, chicken owner is that once you've tasted the quality of of a free range homegrown egg like that, home laid egg, I guess would be the better way to put it. Um, it's just kind of hard to go back to the kind you buy in the supermarket. There you go. The, another thing that we have heard that makes us intrigued by chickens is, of course, their manure. Chicken manure is fairly hot when it's fresh, 
So we have to be uh, careful not to get it too heavy when it's fresh. Now, I think when it's fresh, we can use it in small quantities, and that's what we plan to do. Um, but that's another advantage of mm -hmm. chickens is the ability to use the manure and particularly planning to keep the chicken tractors on the orchard floors we are. We're thinking that that will keep the orchard floor fertility um, mm -hmm. enhanced. While providing a source of food for the chickens. They'll, we put the chicken tractor out there. They go peck at the grass and I suppose the lupin or whatever's out there. Whatever's out there. bugs that they want to eat out of the ground and uh, they'll they'll take care of getting rid of some pests maybe for us and we'll keep them fed and supplemented of course with some grain i assume we will end up using some chicken feed although mm -hmm. i don't know that we'll just have to yeah. um, see how that works out right and i guess the other advantage of chickens is everybody talks about how much fun they are and we can say that the little bit of time we've spent with other folks' chickens, they certainly do seem oh, to be I fun know. to watch. Oh, I know. I love to watch them. And uh, and, and especially if we're for so fortunate as to get a good rooster. Because I still think uh, from having read Barbara Kingsolver and what she writes in Animal Vegetable Miracle and, and also observing our, our cousins or our niece and nephews who live on the farm not too far from us, they have been fortunate enough to get a really good rooster. They have takes a, care a of freakishly good rooster. Yeah. Cash so, is a superstar. So we hope that we will be um, so fortunate as to have a, a rooster who looks out for the girls and has a pretty crow, and <laughs> maybe we can enjoy waking up to the sound of a rooster in the mornings. Uh, but I think we need to confess that our present plans don't call for having a rooster right away. No, not right away. We're planning to tiptoe into this, and the, and our plan for tiptoeing is this. We're planning to have probably one chicken tractor to get started. Right. And that chicken tractor will have two to four adult hens in it. Uh, I think we've decided that, or at least I'm leaning in favor of not trying to hatch chicks or buy chicks at first that's a that's a different proposition and just buy a couple of adult hens at first and let them you know come in and use the chicken tractor let us get familiar with all of the things that come with maintaining an adult hen and then we'll slowly bring on some chicks later on when we yeah. know a little more how that works right we'll be a little more ambitious by that time i think but our, I guess the thing about our approach that seems different from what most people do is that we're not planning to have a stationary chicken coop at all. Right. We're planning to use exclusively the tractors uh, for their dwelling. And, of course, we will have to be sure to keep it um, warm enough in the wintertime. Yeah, we've got a series of concerns, and that's one of them, um, but... The, to continue with just to get the plan out here, um, thinking two, three, or four hens in a tractor and move that tractor. The whole idea of having a tractor is that you can move it constantly to get fresh turf so mm -hmm. they can poop right. in a new place and, and eat new grass. And that's right. Find new bugs. bugs. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So forth. So um, that's... That's the present plan, at least, is to, um, to use tractors exclusively. 
So, yeah, let's do talk some about uh, what scares us a little bit. Well, one of the things that's held us back prior to this time is just we know that we're busy and we're gone from home a lot and we like to travel. And uh, what happens to those chickens? They're going to need fairly constant care. Our friend that we were talking to earlier this week who has the 15 chickens says, well, he'll go off and leave them maybe two or three days at a time as long as there's plenty of water for them. And if they're out free range, they're finding food. Um, But that scares me a little too, especially right at first. We don't know what we're doing, really. Um, But just being tied down, that's been something that's been a fear of mine. Um, And of course, wondering if we are gone for an extended period of time, who's going to come take care of them? Yeah. I think that's a continuing concern. We'll have to sort of navigate that fine line. There are going to be some times when we just are gone for a couple of days and the chicks, chickens are on their own. And there are going to be some other times when we're gone for even longer and have to have someone come in and check on them and maybe move the tractor and so forth. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to feel our way out. Yeah, yeah. I guess the other thing um, that has worried me is just hearing horror stories from some chicken owners about predators, about hawks, um, foxes. Snakes. Snakes, yes. Chicken snakes. I mean, they're just a whole host of potential predators that would, um, coyotes, coyotes, um, and even our own Love beloved Adi, who's a Springer Spaniel. I don't really know how a Springer Spaniel and chickens will get along. In terms Not of well. I, I wouldn't expect them to get along well, so um, we're going to have to keep Adi separated from them, I think. Yeah, but it, with the chicken tractor, they have room to move around, and, and not they're not caged up in the sense, if you're having trouble picturing this, as, in they, as they would be, you know, in small cages that um, that aren't, considered free range, I guess, but they, the cage or the, the tractor would have the effect of protecting them from these outside predators. At least I hope so. I, I expect so too. That certainly is our plan. Mm-hmm. The plan now is for us to build a tractor that's open on the bottom so they can yeah. poop and scratch and peck and so forth without having to worry about any sort of barrier. And then I'm guessing we will stake it down with opposite diagonal corners wherever it's going to be. So you you move it to a new spot and you tap, 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 tap. And you've got it stationary where a predator can't knock it over to get to Mm -hmm. the chickens. Um, And so that's our present plan at least is to um, secure it in that Mm -hmm. manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess the other concerns we have are one nutrition will they have enough uh, nutrition from grass and so forth Um, obviously our hope is yes because they'll have access to bugs for protein and be eating Mm -hmm. a lot of fairly high quality forage that we keep Mm -hmm. out on the orchard floor but the Um, fact of the matter is we can solve that problem if they're not getting enough nutrition by supplementing with feed we can so. Um, but we hope we won't need to. And the other question is, how do we, um, on this movable, lightweight chicken tractor, 
get them quarters that are cool enough, sheltered from the sun in the in the hot summertime, and warm enough, sheltered from that cold northwest wind in the wintertime. Yeah. And we're sort of thinking that through, and there's a possibility we may try to um, have, you know, a, a sort of a seasonal change to the tractor depending mm-hmm. on, you know, what, what we need to protect against, uh, but we're we're trying to think that through now. Yeah, and they're you know they can be you do have to have ventilation in those, and but closable. That is, if it gets cold, you want to be able to shelter That's them right. against too much wind. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some chicken tractors, some of which that just people built from a kit or built freeform. Um, and they've they've managed to come up with ways to solve these problems, so I'm hoping we can too. I'm hoping we can, and I and I think we will. Um, but that's sort of the plan for the chickens. Let's talk a little bit about what else is going on here at the farm. I know you've been ordering some seed this morning. I know I have a, had a chance to order some um, seeds from High Mowing, which is an organic seed company in Vermont. And normally, I try to get seeds from a little bit more of a southern location to go you know that that I feel would be adapted to this area but um, I'm doing a little experimentation with some heirloom seeds as well as I had a discount on the shipping from going to Georgia Organics Conference so I decided let me just try it out but I'm thinking ahead to the fall brassicas and um, so I ordered you know pretty much in that area as well as some lettuces and then, uh, of course, my big plans, my immediate plans are to go out and get started planting in earnest the summer garden. That is, get get the spring planting finished up as quickly as possible. It's already very warm here. Um, I've been uh, transplanting or taking my transplants, the seedlings that I began, that we started uh, under grow lights, and I'm bumping them up to the next size pot. All the tomatoes are bumped up. I still have some eggplants and peppers and a few herbs to bump up. And um, then, you know, in a few weeks, it'll be time to plant everything. I think it's time now. Yeah. I think you could plant any time and no need to wait other no. than just getting to it. And and getting the plants larger. Those peppers are still too small. They um, And I need to decide what to do about cutworms because <laughs> okay. we do have those but yeah well, I, if, I think yeah if you plant a little larger plant that'll help on yeah the get them a little sturdier and a little you know more able to um, survive the environment and really I won't be behind schedule if I do that but right now what we've already done is of course the asparagus is coming up nicely we got that planted in plenty sort of, of time. bring us up to date on the asparagus yeah the ferns are just filling out beautifully and we actually um because I guess this weather was so warm and we got our full growth of the ferns earlier than expected, we went ahead and filled in those trenches so that now we have two, we have completely level beds for the asparagus. We mulched and um, we're just kind of playing the waiting game to see how they. Just how, watching those you're ferns. Just watching those ferns. And then, of course, next spring we should be able to harvest some asparagus to eat for two weeks. Um, as far as har- other harvesting, um, we've, I've been having strawberries on my cereal every morning the past week because I have enough strawberries planted out there that I just walk up and down the row and I can always find about five or six that are ripe and ready. Um, and there's, and I, it's not 
escaped my notice that they are ripening earlier than usual. Yeah, here it's we are weather. at the tail end of March, and we've been mm-hmm. harvesting strawberries now for a good two weeks. Yeah, and the blueberries, if you go out and look at our blueberry plants, you can see the blueberries way, forming. Way, way too early for blueberries yeah. to be ripening, but that's exactly what they're doing. The berries are forming. They are um, you know, setting fruit nicely and it looks now as if we're not going to have that late-season frost, and if we don't have that late-season frost, they'll be fine. We'll have good berries this yeah, year, pretty just soon. earlier than usual. <laughs> earlier than usual. And um, we planted this past week a new pomegranate tree and a Japanese maple. And I noticed that wonderful we planted already has five or six pomegranates on it. I know. Tiny it? little fruit. Obviously, we probably... I we planted a large tree, though. We probably won't let the fruit mature. We'll probably pull it off to avoid stressing the plant. But um, it's heartening to see the fruit setting this early. So Yeah, So it, and it was a larger tree. than the. When, by the time I went back to Petals to get that replacement tree, they only had, um, was it a three-gallon? Three-gallon. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and the Japanese maple's doing nicely. It like, likes its new location. Thank you, Bill. Thank you to Dr. Bill Shell. Bill Shell for that um, Ishikigawa, I think is what the truth is. Nishikigawa, yeah. And um, let's see what else. I'm going to be planting some more. The rest of the brassicas, hopefully today, and um, starting seed pretty soon. It's really f- interesting. I was reading the Farmer's Almanac this morning, and they said any seed you put in the ground today will rot. And I thought, how do they know that? But no, that's a, well, I know. But by tomorrow, I'd be okay. I thought, how strange. Yeah, that's just. Uh, they base a lot of their um, good days to plant and to do various things on a combination of this is what they say anyway, a combination of the the moon patterns, waxing, waning, etc., and the the zodiac. Uh-huh. So I don't know how I feel about the zodiac part, but the waxing, waning part of the moon, that, that makes sense in yeah. a way. The uh, muscadines have been slow to leaf out, which has been interesting. We have, um, we still don't have bud break on all the muscadines, even now, mm. after all this warm weather. But I think that's probably good. You know, the muscadines have very low chilling hours, so I know they've already met their chilling hours. They just have de- the heating degree hours that are necessary before they break bud, and apparently they are just now getting the heating degree hours that they need, and um, and they're finally beginning to break bud, but it was taking forever. Yeah. Well, we'll have back. some, hopefully by August, September. Exactly. Should be good. Well, it looks as if we're... I guess I should let you close out. I was just going to say, today. we've... We've run out of time, but we've certainly enjoyed visiting with you, and we hope you have a great week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.